0: Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. We are in the book of John again today, looking at the I am statements. Oh man, who watched football yesterday? Yesterday was the day of football. Like I'm not even talking Arkansas, right? I'm just talking the day I watched three football games yesterday. And and yes, I'm sad we lost by a point. And I know we could argue they should have kicked the field goal and said no. I told Paula go big or go home, and then she texts back, "Well, we going home." <laughs> but you know, even football can preach to us sometimes because you know what? My Bible tells me that. This world, there's a big road we can follow, or there's a narrow road. Hmm. I was all for it. You know why? Because I believed in our quarterback yesterday. And I really thought we could do that yesterday. And I still think we could. It just it didn't fall into place. You know what? I can travel another narrow road because I believe in the quarterback. I believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes life doesn't work out the way we really hoped it would, but it's still all good. And you know what I, I watched yesterday after KJ left and, and when I watched him fall in his mama's arms and cry like a baby, broke my heart, you know, because he wanted to do that why for his mama, <laughs> you know, and that just, but then you had to flip over to OU and, and Texas and I was like, what is even going on with this right now? And, and I'm so sorry OU won, but I mean, It happens. And then I'm getting ready to go to bed and I just flip my phone and I see the, the halftime score of Alabama's game. And I'm like, I just kept looking at my phone and looking at Thomas going, I don't know what this is. Like, and he was like, what is I like, Alabama's losing? I was like, I'm going to have to finish this game now, you know? So I'm up at 11 o'clock going, what just happened you saw my facebook post and none of you people are up except amy and emily who are fighting a skunk by the way (laughs) because amy texts and says i see you're up let me tell you what's going on at my house and and i was just like and then i couldn't even get a hold of sandy cook i'm like this is the most epic game for and she missed it guys she was at a baseball game bless her heart so i was just like this was the most epic day of football ever it just did my heart good yesterday John chapter 8. I guess we Alvin told me I better preach about Jesus today. <laughs> John chapter 8. We're talking about the the I am statements. Verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, "I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life." Pharisees replied, You're making those claims about yourself, and such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I'm not alone. The father who sent me is with me and your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness and my father who sent me is the other. Where is your father? They ask him. And Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury, but he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. So last week we began looking at the seven I am statements and we looked at John 35, 635, which said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And we did our giveaway. Uh, Congratulations, Montana. Hopefully, did you take your wife out this week? We haven't quite got there yet. Look at her. She's like, no, not yet. Still waiting on those rolls. No pressure. No pressure. So hopefully everybody got signed up. If you came in late, maybe Thomas will, will hit you up. Do we have live stream or not? We were having, we do have live stream. Okay, good deal. So those of you that are live with us, if you want to be included in today's drawing, you need to type into the comments, light, L-I-G-H-T, light. And you have, you must type it in. Even if we see your name, if you don't make the comment, they don't add your name into it. And I guess I need to tell y'all what you get today, huh? Today you get, guess what? Light. This is probably more of a guy thing. So we got some different work lights. These are great lights, by the way. We have one of them, so I can just tell you they are great lights. So, make sure online that you, you jump in there. Now, how many of you were scared of the dark when you were little? Yeah, how many of you still scared of the dark? (laughs) That might be the bigger. For me growing up, my bedroom was upstairs. Um, We didn't have a door. It was just an open stairway from the bottom. I couldn't even explain my daddy's house to you if I tried. It was one of those. He just sort of threw it together. It wasn't a real house plan kind of deal. But the problem was we had this stairway. The light switch was at the top of the stairs. Are you understanding me? Do you remember being a kid in this dark bedroom and dark stairway and being a little kid and you had to run as fast as you could to get to the top of the stairs before whatever's at the top of the stairs got you before you hit the light switch? Do you understand? And then maybe some of you can relate to this. The the phrase that held the most fear for any kid is when your parents said run out to the whatever to go get it yeah you see y'all all all filled in those blanks you all have that run out to the look at dalton he's still scared today run out to the barn and get something right is that is that or run out to the car and get it you know for us we had a greenhouse you had three options dad either was going to send you to the greenhouse which you had to go out the door and around the house to get to we didn't have all these motion detector lights we got nowadays We all have those nowadays because we were traumatized as children. I know that. And then, Dad, we had the barn, which had to go all the way across the yard to get out to the barn. And there sure wasn't any good lights in the barn because you had to go to the middle of the stinking barn to find the string hanging on a light, right? Or Daddy had a shop, which meant a trail through the woods up to his little shop he had. So any three of those (laughs) brung terror when Dad said, run and get whatever he left that always terrified me and and you guys all you know you you i heard y'all fill in the blank so i know what you 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 know but here's the deal boomers and gen xers these kids today dalton you ain't got nothing on us man because as a kid this was the best i could replicate it with when we were kids it didn't have leds now this is technically led but this is not led This is like, I can't even see the back of my tonsils with this almost kind of deal. This is the kind of light we grew up with, Dalton. Like, you literally was like right there. Oh, look, see, I can see the toe of my shoe, and that was all you could see. That's all we had. No, you kids nowadays, you have options. Let me tell you, my husband and I had a fight this morning, by the way, because of this sermon. Because I was gathering up what I needed for the sermon and I had specific lights I wanted him to find for me. I knew where they was. I said, hey, I need this light, this light. Never, I told him, I said, asking a man for a light is like asking a kid for a Hot Wheels car because they got to show you every one they got before they give you what you ask for because I said I want this light, this light, and this light. He's digging, I should have brought the box. He has a box of lights that he's digging. What about this one? What about that? No, I, I, oh, yeah. (sighs) And I know y'all know what I'm talking about. My husband cannot be the only one that has this. So, you know, I wanted specific lights because we didn't have these growing up, Dalton. We did not have these lights growing up, all right? I could have shined it to the barn and said, Dad, it's not on the bench where you left it. I wouldn't have even had to go there, right? So we didn't have that. Um, this is one that I think you guys are going to win today. Are you all seeing this? It's lighting up the light room in here, right? Yeah, Raymond gave us this one. Um, and it's got magnets. You can stick it to things, whatever, yeah. Jackie's over there turning the gift card. We want that light. I'm seeing the, she's hooey hooting back here. gave uh, all of them one of these for Christmas, and you know, bell howl, I thought this ain't gonna be, this is a cheap light, right? And I was like, no, I can't even look at this little thing. It will light up the entire room when the lights go out. And then we have this, which actually hangs in my bedroom from our fan, and it's a tent light actually, Life hack, people, life hack. Get you a tent light so that when your electricity goes off, this little thing will actually light up your entire bedroom, bathroom, whatever. And it's out of reach of the kids so they can't steal it and you don't know where the light is, right? So, yeah. So that was four lights that I wanted brought today, but Thomas showed me like 15 other ones that are at our house. Hint, hint, Christmas is coming. We don't need lights. Just, (laughs) so, you know, lights today are just so different, and it's kind of hard. I have a pupil, I don't know, Montana, if yours is like this, because I know we have similar injuries, but I have a pupil that doesn't shrink back down. Mine stays dilated because I got hit with a rock in the eye when I was a kid, and uh, so these big lights actually wreak havoc on me. That's why Bo has a certain setting for me, because I can't see if he points it at me too much. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, he's at the Feast of Tabernacles, or maybe your version says the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Shelters. I think some of them call it that. And what this feast is, this celebration, it's one, they're celebrating the autumn harvest, so it's always in autumn. And it also celebrates um, the Exodus, and when they came out into the wilderness and they had to live in the temporary shelter, so when they showed up, they actually had to build their own shelters out in the fields where they were staying as a representative of what they were celebrating. And after his first announcement already, he's already said, I am the bread, right? Now it's come time for this Jewish festival of the tabernacles, So after he's made his, I am the bread statement, people are starting to wonder about who he is and is he really the Messiah? His brothers actually come to him and say, hey, you need to come up there to Judea with us, you know, for the the whole festival thing and you need to let people know who you are and we need to get the, you know, if you're going to be famous, let's do this right. And Jesus says, nah, I'm not going with you. You guys go on. No, man, you got to go like the momentum is now. People are starting to know who you are. So we need to go now and he, nah, Y'all go on. I don't need to go to this. So the brothers went on without him, but Jesus secretly showed up at the festival anyway. I kind of think he just wanted to hear what's going on. I think he just wanted to kind of test out what people were saying. And there was a lot of grumbling going on at the festival. And there's a lot of people in town, by the way. This is one one of the top three that all Jewish men had to make the trek to. To celebrate this festival. So the town is full. And he's hearing the grumbling because some people are talking about, yeah, he's a good man, like he's really good. He's a good prophet. Man, we saw. Did you see what he did with that that fish and that bread? Whoa. And then you hear the grumble of man, he's a fraud, he's an idiot. Y'all, y'all are falling for this stuff? Like, what are you doing? But midway through this festival, Jesus finally comes out into the open and he begins to preach there at the temple. And he's in the court of women, which is where the treasury, our our word today said he was at the treasury, that is connected to the court of, of women. And people are amazed as they begin to listen to it. Like, how does he know all of this stuff? It just amazed them. And so it's sad that some began to believe that he really is the Messiah. Like, Nobody can tell us the things he's telling us if he wasn't who he says he is. So naturally, this gets the Pharisees pretty angry. And they even try to arrest him several different times before this chapter, and it always says, but he wasn't arrested because it wasn't his time yet. And even the guards that they sent to arrest them in the chapter before this, they come back and they're like, They're telling the Pharisees, they're like, but wait a minute, have you listened to this guy? Like, I think he's the real deal. Like, he's pretty awesome. And they wouldn't arrest him. They wouldn't arrest him. The Jewish people knew about light. This isn't just some whimsical thing that Jesus had a thing for LEDs and let's throw this out there. No. Part of this festival had to do with light. On the very first night, Of the Feast of Tabernacles they came into the the court of women and there were four huge candelabras and I'm talking huge they had huge bowls that the youngest of the the priests would have to shimmy up a ladder to get to to light these four candelabras and what this did this actually lit up almost all of Jerusalem it was that bright all the courts in Jerusalem was lit up from this light so, light was very important. When we look through the Bible, we see light connected to who God is all the way to the beginning. That's the very first thing that God spoke. Let there be light. So, light has always been connected to who God is. When Moses, remember, he ran away, and when God begins to call him back, how does he call him back? A burning bush he sees this light of this burning bush that's not really burning the bush and he comes over and God speaks to him in Exodus when Moses leads them out of Egypt they follow every day a cloud leads them by day and a pillar of fire which is light for them led them at night you go through the, the, the Psalms and you find Psalms 27, verse 1, one of my faves, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalms uh, 119, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now, unfortunately, we, we, we don't like that sometimes it feels like this is the light, right? <laughs> we only get to see the next step sometimes. When we're like, um, but God, Thomas has all these lights. Could you use one of those? Like it would show me like to 2025 and, and man, that would just be awesome, right? We don't always get that. But his word is a lamp. and So we see all through the Bible, light is who God is. It's connected to him. And in this festival, I love the festival. So, the first day, you know, they have the illumination ceremony where they light up these candelabras. And then, every night when they light these things, all the wise men, all the holy men show up and they're dancing and they're praying one big party every night. It's like Aggies beat Alabama every single night. It's that kind of excitement, right? guys, can we get excited in here just like we do with football? Because see, yesterday I was on my feet at that game when KJ was doing that two-point. I was in front of the TV like this the entire time. Can we do that for Jesus? I think we can. I think it it said that that's what they did. They danced every night as they praised God and worshiped him in that courtyard. And it wasn't just a little. I'm talking all night as long as that light was going. They were dancing and they were praising. So the streets of Jerusalem, they're lit up like never before. So this audience that John is writing to, they understood the relevance when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. They would understand he was making a claim of who he is as the Messiah. And remember, even back in the beginning of John, how he he talked to us about who Jesus was, because he said, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light. So everyone might believe because of his testimony. And John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. So Jesus is not just saying, hey, I'm I'm a good guy to follow. He was saying. I am the Messiah. I am God. This is why the Pharisees are getting so irate, because he's claiming things that only God can do. And they wasn't understanding that. The Greek translations of the light of life, there's two options. It can be the light which issues from the source of life, or it can be the light which gives life. And you're like, well, which is it? Yes and amen. Because you see, Jesus is the source. He is the Word that was in the beginning. He created when God said, "Let there be light," Jesus was there. So he is the source that can then give life to you and I. So Jesus is life but he wants to give you life, church. He wants to give you life. But the Pharisees, they get all irate. They they act in hostility because he's making this claim to do these things only God can do. And that's when they begin to question. You know, you're making these great old claims and it's all about yourself. So your testimony, you know, nobody's going to believe if I tell them how great I am, right? you got to have somebody that can agree with that and he knows that they're going to Jewish law they're talking human standards Jewish law said you had to have two or three who could tell the same story to make it fact we understand that we have these same concepts today in our courts that you have to have somebody that can be able to back up what you say or it just becomes your opinion right and that's basically what they're saying to Jesus. Well, this is your, your opinion about yourself. Who else can back this up for you? And I love verse 14. Because I hear these and I, I think Jesus could have been so sassy, but he wasn't. But he always just says the right thing. And he said, hey, I know where I come from. And I know where I'm going. In other words, he says, I know who sent me. And I know who I am. You know, Jesus is part of the triune God. His testimony is valid. Because if you need two or three to agree, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But I know, they couldn't see that. Church, sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes we forget that. But his testimony was valid. And he told them in verse 18, he said... I am one witness, and my Father is the other. You know, they, they think they, they have him here, because that doesn't really make sense. But you see, Jesus is on, hes being honest in his answers. We used to teach this, and I don't remember Alex and Amy Joe, and I don't remember, Braley, if they, we taught these when they were in there, but it was the defensiveness is defenseless. Live by this rule, people because we all deal with conflict, either one, you've done something wrong and you don't have a defense, <laughs> or two, you know you're right, but so does God. He's your witness and you don't need to defend yourself. That's where you let your character speak for itself. If, if we live by this rule, half of Facebook would be gone. Because most of Facebook is about defending what people think about me. Don't worry about it. What does God think about you? And if you're okay with that, if you know you've not done this, whatever somebody accuses you of, then just be okay with it. Don't defend yourself. But people need to know. know, People that know you will know. They'll know if that's not who you are and if somebody's bringing false stuff against you. See, Jesus, he was secure because he said, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. And if we live by that rule, but, you see, there's that little word that he used in there. He said, But, you know, you don't know this about me. He realized that they're looking at him with human eyes. You see, they, they ask, Who's your father? As soon as he said, me and my father, we're the two witnesses, they said, who's your father? Because what they're thinking is, we know who your daddy is. Your daddy's Joseph, who isn't even here anymore, by the way, so how's he going to testify for you? We know who you are. But Jesus said, no, you don't. You don't know who I am. They were judging, Jesus said, by human standards. Oh, church. Church. That's our biggest sin, is how we judge people by human standards. And sometimes we have to go back to the story that was right before this, remember? That the first one with no sin cast that first stone. And everybody laid down a stone. Remember that. Remember that. So Jesus is teaching in this. Court of Women at the Treasury, it said, I love this. If you don't know how this is laid out, the Treasury, they actually had 13, I've only got one basket, by the way, back there. They had 13 different treasure boxes, I guess you could call them, that people would drop their offerings in. So, so box number one and two, that was basically, um, you had to drop in a half a shekel per Jew, and this was for temple upkeep, Right? So it it, it it kept the lights on, kept the air conditioner going for you. It, you know, no, they didn't have all that stuff. But you get where I'm going with this. She, they're like, oh, too bad Sandy ain't here because she's going to be going, preach it, sister, preach it. Yeah, no. Somebody told the other day that we shouldn't teach on tides, and I'm just like, you're wrong. But anyway, sorry, that's a sidetrack on that one. Treasure number thir- three and four, that was for women. Again, remember, we're in the court of women. That was for women with, when they had to do purification process after childbirth. That was where they would drop in the money for their pigeons that they needed for that uh, purification ceremony. Um, number five actually was for the, the woodpile. All right, literally was. It was so they could keep wood to keep the fire burning at the altar. That's what that was. Um, box number six was so the incense, they had to get the glade plug-ins going, you know, whatever. The, the incense that they burned. This is what uh, box number six covered. Number seven, the upkeep of all the golden vessels. You know, Amy works hard to keep everything spit-shined around here. So that, that helps keep all of that and the repairs they would need for that. Um, and then eight through 13 was just random offering, free will offering of things that people would bring in. This is where, and I explain this because this tells you Jesus is in a very busy part of the temple. Because as people are coming in, they're going to have to go over here to the treasury to drop in things. And so he's in a very, he's got a crowd. And then verse 19, this, this sort of was... The one that was the showstopper for me, because they ask, you know, where's your father? And this is what I really pondered on hard this week, was Jesus' answer. Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. He's in the treasury section. He's where all the good Jews are. He's where all the the Pharisees and the teachers are coming in. Church, he's talking to the ones who come every single day to worship. It's not like us. It's not once a week. It's every day they come to worship at the temple. And these leaders and teachers that know the scripture, so all that Old Testament in the beginning of your Bible, they know it backwards and forwards. They've been training their whole life on this scripture to look for the Messiah. This is who he's talking to. You see, last week when we talked about him being the bread, and remember he said, you've seen me and you still don't know me. He was talking to the people that were just outside of the church who were looking at the miracles he was doing. And now, forget the miracles, now he's talking to these religious leaders who have studied the word, waited for the Messiah, and they still don't know who he is. They still don't believe you see, we talked last week, what would it take for somebody to believe? Well, if, if they could see a miracle, nope. The Bible tells me they can see a miracle and still not believe. Well, if they just knew God's word a little bit, no, nope. Because there's people that can probably quote this word better than I can. They still don't believe in Jesus. He's talking to the church. He said, if you don't recognize me... And you don't truly know the God that you're here to worship. Oh, church, pick up your feet. This is going to get heavy. Because again, Jesus is offering them eternal spiritual life. He's there to offer something. They've been waiting for it. But they keep missing it. Verse 12, he said, If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you'll have the light that leads to life. Follow. That's a a language of discipleship. It's about being obedient. It's like following the the captain of the guard. It's like following the leader. We talked last week, what was our action words last week? Remember, he had action words of the the come and believe. And we said it was a motion, you had to move. And when you believe, you have to follow. You have to actually get up and walk the walk. Because church, you can, you can come in here and walk through those doors every time they're open. And you can drop it off, your, your offering in our basket, please do, Sandy will love you. You can tune in online, if you're not here, you're still faithful. You can talk the talk, and you, you can talk about loving God, and we can even say, got the t-shirt, been there, done that, love God, love people. And still not know who he is. And I'm talking to you guys, I'm not talking about anybody out there. A pastor can stand up here and we can, we can preach the word and there's still pastors that don't know Jesus. That's scary. But it's truth that you can still miss it because you've got to listen to these words where Jesus is calling for you to move, to get up, change your life, and follow him. Because I promise when you start following Jesus, it does change life. Man, it's for the good. Because I I promise you, as a little kid, if I had a choice between take the path with the LEDs or take the dark path, I'm going to go with the LED every time. And Jesus said, come follow me. And you'll never have to walk in darkness again. It doesn't mean we have all answers. No. And everybody studying Revelation said, amen. Amen. (laughs) but we also learned this week that that's okay too because we're not meant to know everything because see the moment we think we know everything we're no better than Satan who thought he could be God we're not God but Jesus said I'm here to show you who God is because later in John he says no one gets to the Father except through me and so, church, it's not who you are, but it is who you know. Because throughout history, we see testimonies of people who felt unsure about their religion. Martin Luther, he was part of the Catholic Church, but he always just felt unsure. He didn't believe in the way they, they sold the, the forgiveness of sins so to speak, give this and you. And he said, there's just got to be something more that I'm missing because he didn't feel secure. John Wesley in the Church of England. Again, there's just got to be something I'm missing. And whether it's Martin Luther when he started the Protestant Reformation or John Wesley who started the Methodist um, movement, it was all about finding Jesus. And realizing it's not who I am that makes me right with God. It's who Jesus Christ is. It's who Jesus is and what he did for me. It's what he paid on the cross. He rose from the dead to steal the keys out of the grave for us to where we don't have to fear death. We grieve death. Because we lose a presence here. Man, when you have the joy of knowing where you're going to find them, they're not lost. They're not lost. We just aren't there yet. I hope somebody finds hope in that today. To understand the light of life is lighting the path and we can see where our loved ones are today. I don't have to live in darkness and wonder. Church, Do you know Jesus today? I'm not asking, have you been good attenders? I'm not asking if you've always showed up when mama told you to show up. I'm asking, do you know Jesus today? When Jesus calls, it's about action. It's about movement. Come. That's the first thing you have to answer. You have to hunger for the bread of life. To know, Lord, things on this earth, they're not satisfying me. And I got a good life, Lord, but it's not satisfying me. He says, come. I'll give you bread. And maybe maybe you did that when you were four years old at camp. But maybe you still haven't walked in the light yet. You still haven't got to know Jesus as your friend, as your Savior. As the Son of God. Because only when we know Jesus do we truly know God. Because then God isn't just the big man upstairs. No, He's God the Father. God Almighty. As we've been studying in Revelation, we've got to peek through the door. He's God on the throne. Even when chaos is all around, He's holding us all together. Even when we don't see it. Do you know Jesus? Stand with me this morning, church. I know that, I know I'm in church, but I think somebody here or online with us this morning, you needed this message. You know, my background, this is actually a picture that I took off my back porch, and if you follow me on any of my social media stuff, you'll see lots of sunrises. I love sunrises, I love sunsets. I love anything with the sun in it. And I love to find those different angles. But if you just went out in my backyard, and I I figure this is coming, and took a picture, what you don't see, (laughs) right here is the ugliest outbuilding you have ever seen. I mean ugly. It's an old Sears metal, rusted. It's going to fall through one of these days if we don't do something with it. It's ugly. And then my dear husband has his... You know, and the pile of stuff that gets collected, you know, it's all there, but you don't see it, because that sun gives us a different perspective. Some of you this week, you need to quit looking at the mess around you, and you need to find a new perspective and walk in the light of Jesus. Because even when mess happens, and we're not guaranteed on this earth for perfection, we're going to walk through trials and tribulations. We're going to grieve death because no one is going to live on this earth forever. We're going to have hurts, and we're going to have pains. But when you get a new perspective and let the sun, S-O-N, give you that perspective, We talked Tuesday night, our six to seven yards of life isn't very long. Hmm. Somebody in here needs to walk in the light today. You need to come and walk in the light. (laughs) You need to to make a motion and say, God, I want to be in the light with you. Because I've just been staring at all the mess and I'm overcome, I need your life, Lord. I need your life. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and Father, we all need your life. We all need a moment where we just stand in the sun, to fill your presence. That's the whole point of what light was to the Jews. It was the presence of God that illuminated and guided. Hmm. Many of us in here, Lord, we, we have come to Jesus. But we have yet to let him lead and guide our life. Oh, Lord, speak to their hearts. Speak to their hearts, Lord let them make a movement today. Someone, someone at home, Lord, let them make that movement to step into the light of Jesus today. Jesus is calling to us. Have you answered? Lord, I pray for your people that when they leave here today, that this message continues to resonate what you have for them. For every person in here, I believe there's a different message that was spoken today. You are speaking to our hearts right where we are. Write what we're going through, Lord. And I believe that you want light and life for all your people. Hmm. May we step into that. And God, more importantly, when we leave here with that assurance, may people know we've been in your presence. And may we never cower to tell them about it. God, may we leave here bold, knowing We have the bread of life and we have the light of life. And we want to share it. Because Jesus, he didn't just say, I'm the light of Jerusalem. He said, I am the light of the world. In that statement, he not only claimed to be God, he claimed to be God for all beyond the Jewish culture. So God, may we share that today. May people see that in how we live our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.